From the Beantown Athletic Studio in Boston, this is the Danny Picard Show, Thursday, June 15th, 2017. Today's show is presented by Beantown Athletics, your number one source for screen printing and embroidery. From designing to printing, Beantown Athletics does it all. Go to BeantownAthletics.com right now to get a free quote for your customized apparel. Today's show is also presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com by using my promo code PIC. That's P-I-C at DraftKings. Every day is a brand new season, especially during the Major League Baseball season, and it's easy. Just fill out your lineup and then follow the action live on your DraftKings app. And they have a brand new baseball feature. It is called Arcade Mode. Five hitters and one pitcher. That's right, just five hitters and one pitcher. And you're going to love the scoring system for this. So go to DraftKings.com right now or download their app. And you can play Arcade Mode for free with my promo code PIC. That's P-I-C. And if you did not get to put in a U.S. Open lineup for golf, which is golf's second major of the 2017 season... If you didn't get to pick six golfers for the U.S. Open, uh, don't worry because you can play weekend golf, which means you can see who made the cut and you can pick six more golfers for Saturday and Sunday at the U.S. Open. Again, it's called weekend golf. So if you didn't get to put in a golf lineup for the beginning of the tournament, you can still do it for the final two days of the tournament and do it for free with my promo code PIC. That's P. I see. Welcome to the show on this Thursday morning, uh, late morning, early afternoon. Uh, Some huge news yesterday in the world of sports, and I'm going to get to that, and it's in the boxing world, actually. Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor, they are set for August 26th in Las Vegas, but going to bring in my producer, Pete Needham, joining me on the show today in studio. What's up, Pete? What's up, dude? Uh, nothing. I'm, we're going to get to this boxing stuff. Also, I have some thoughts on the NBA now that the NBA season is officially over, but uh, the last podcast I recorded was Monday, and I actually took microphones in the back of Beantown Athletics. It wasn't even really meant to be an experiment. The only reason I did it was because it was so damn hot in this studio. It was 95 degrees on Monday. And when we open, you know, we open the shades in this studio, we got two big windows here on Granite Ave inside of Beantown Athletics. It gets so damn hot. I just, I couldn't, we can't breathe in here. So I could not do the show in here. So I took the microphones to the back of Beantown Athletics on Monday. What'd you guys, what'd you guys think of that? You think that's yeah, like, thought it was fun. There's, there's a future. There, there's Maybe every there. once in a while. There's, you you got to limit who you talk to, I think. Well, yeah. I, I, people need to listen to it. Let me know what you think. Hit yeah. me up on Twitter at Danny Picard, but what I liked about it, we went back and listened to some parts. What I liked about it was it, it was almost like a, a live studio audience for the show. Oh, yeah. Every, get that? Everyone was intrigued. Like, everyone was, was watching, too, which is cool. And it was perfect because nobody really came in while I did it. It was because sometimes you, get, you can get some All knuckleheads oh, coming yeah. back there yeah. and causing trouble. And um, that could make for an interesting podcast, but... I'm glad that didn't happen because it didn't really ruin my flow. But what I did like about it was all the people working back there at Beantown Athletics is they were chiming in, they were yelling, screaming, laughing, uh, giving their take at times. And uh, it was almost like having a live studio audience in the background, which I really did enjoy. So maybe we'll do that again. I'm sure we'll have some more hot days in here. Um, Yeah, I'm sure we will. It's getting hot in here right now. So we better get going with the podcast so we can get out of here before the sun starts blasting in too much 
and we can't breathe anymore. So, um, I, look, I, I want the theme of this show to be, I have thoughts on Kevin Durant and his future, and I think that plays into LeBron's future as well. I have some thoughts on that, and I want that to be the theme of this podcast today and the meat of this podcast, if you would. But um, the, the, the news with this Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather, I do boxing. We got a big fight this weekend. Kovalev versus Ward, two. Andre Ward versus Sergey Kovalev. Kovalev, I thought, got screwed in the first fight, this light heavyweight championship fight. They're going to fight again. It's going to be this weekend. It's going to be a great fight. Uh, two guys bringing some serious punch, some serious power. I've talked many times about what I think is the biggest fight in boxing in a long, long time, which is Gennady Golovkin versus Canelo Alvarez. That's on September 16th in Vegas. That, to me, is the, that's the big one. That's the big fight. And I told you, what, last month, when they set this Triple G Canelo fight for September 16th, we were waiting on this for so long, the fight fans were at least. I told you, Mayweather-McGregor, if it happens, it's going to get more publicity than Golovkin versus Canelo. But the better fight, and it's not even, this isn't even up for debate. The better fight, and because of that, the bigger fight, should be golovkin Canelo, right? But it's not going to get as much publicity. And you can see that if you go to ESPN.com right now. Mayweather McGregor is getting all the publicity. It's set for August 26th in Las Vegas. They said that negotiations, what, it was was a pretty smooth deal. Both of these guys wanted to fight each other. Both of these guys wanted to make big money. Uh, What's at stake here? Mayweather is 49-0. He's undefeated. He barely gets touched in his fights. He's a great defensive specialist. Is that what we're going to call him? He knows how to get his points. He knows how to win in a decision. He's not going to knock you out, but he's going to take it the distance, and he's going to win in a decision. That's what Mayweather does. He's 49 and all. He retired. He's coming out of retirement. He's an older guy now, but, um, you know, he certainly knows how to work it in the ring, and I just don't see how he could lose this fight. I just don't. I think this is going to be typical Mayweather, a typical Mayweather fight. He's so good at that. Um, avoiding getting hit, avoiding. So ultimately he avoids getting knocked out. He takes it the distance. He gets his points and he wins the fight. Uh, so Mayweather, what's at stake for him is, you know, he could be 50 and all, or it could, he could suffer his first loss. And, and that's a pretty big blemish on a career that right now is perfect. But I don't think he's going to get that one in the last column. I think he's going to finish 50-0. and 0. And for McGregor, you know, he's coming from MMA, from the UFC, from the Octagon, and he's going to step foot in the ring and put on the gloves. He won't be able to kick. He won't be able to elbow. He won't be able to hit a guy if he gets him down. That's what you think. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, but, but, but it's funny. Pete, we were talking before we went on air. Like, how could this fight be interesting? Are you well? Let me ask you this: Are you expecting this to be a typical Mayweather fight where he's dodging and ducking and getting his points and and taking it to the distance and not getting touched and winning that way? Are, that's what I expect. Are you expecting the same thing? Yeah, I. I mean, I think I think he's going to handle him pretty easily, but I'm excited to see what McGregor actually does if he attacks him if he does slip up and throw an elbow or throw a kick or something like that. That's what's keeping me interested in this actual fight. Discipline. Yeah. We'll be watching with Discipline McGregor. <laughs> um, but, I mean, look, this is a big jump for him because of that. Because I can't imagine what it would be like 
to basically be brought up in a fighting environment where really anything goes. And, you know, it, it's, it, it's combat on the ground as well as on your feet. You know, there's all these different aspects where when you get in the ring now, it's just, you're throwing your hands. That's it. So I will be interested to see how McGregor is going to respond to this because I can't imagine that it's easy to all of a sudden change styles to the point where you're being told this is the only style you can have. And, and so McGregor's an animal. Um, how is he going to be affected by this? Well, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. But, you know, if he does stay within the rules of boxing, I, I don't think he has a chance. He's going to get frustrated. Really like, quick. I don't think he has a chance yeah. to win this. Now, obviously, if he goes outside the rules of boxing, they're going to, he's, he's still going to lose. So, how can, right? I mean, uh, how, because he's going to be disqualified. He's got a points taken away. He's going to be disqualified. How is he going to win? McGregor cannot win this fight, right? So, this is basically, it's, it's a money grab for him. Is it not? It's a money grab. Unless, unless, unless they, let controversy ensue, and they set us up for a, a, a trilogy. A WrestleMania trilogy. No, but you know what I mean? Like, are they going to set us up for a boxing trilogy? Like, is there going to be a controversial call in the first one, and then there's a response in the second that leads to a third? Like, is that where we're going? I mean, maybe. Who knows? But it, it, I'm telling you right now, if you are a Fairweather Fight fan— and you're only paying attention to this because they're two big names, because you're clashing together boxing and UFC or boxing and MMA, and, and you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm involved because it is such a big deal with two huge names, and the press conferences are going to be epic, right? I think these press— oh, uh, it's going to be more entertaining than uh, the actual fight, The, the press conferences are going to be epic, and that's what's going to draw people in. If you're a Fairweather Fight fan and you're going to tune into this— I'm going to tell you right now, when you watch the actual fight, you're going to be disappointed. But don't give up on the sport because there's a couple other fights I want you to pay attention to. This weekend, Kovalev Ward. And also, September 16th, Golovkin versus Canelo. That's the fight. Middleweight championships, uh, unify, whatever you want to call it, unification, uh, lineal champ, you know, is Canelo a paper champ? Is he a lineal champ? What is he? Golovkin's the guy with all the belts. You know, I, I, that's the fight. Golovkin-Canelo, September 16th. So so don't watch this Mayweather-McGregor fight on August 26th. Look, I'm going to watch. I'm not saying don't watch it. I'm saying don't watch it and think boxing's dead because people are going to do that because it's going to be a bad fight. I'm going to watch it, but I'm going to also watch it knowing the bigger fight is going to be the next month in September, September 16th. Sucks that they jumped the gun on them though, huh? Like, if we got in Canelo, Golovkin before that, would be pretty cool. Um, I think, like, they're just going to steal a little bit of the buzz. Yeah, oh, they're definitely you know? stealing. The, they're stealing the buzz from Ward Kovalev, too. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is a pretty big fight yeah. this weekend. And they're stealing the buzz from that. No. Oh. That's the... that. Would, those are the heavyweights. Oh, that was... No, that was... He like, serenaded his That wife. was, a, like, a year and a half ago, right? That was... The, those are the heavyweights. Um, no. Ward... Andre Ward is... You know Ward if you see him. You know if you see him. I just couldn't um, remember who sang. After no, no, that was those are the heavyweights. These are light heavyweights. This this is going to be a great fight this weekend. And you know what? There could be a trilogy here because I'm expecting Kovalev to win because he got screwed in the first one, and um, you know, if Kovalev knocks him out, then maybe we get a third. You know, maybe they 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 go again, and that could be great for boxing too. 
But now you got this Mayweather-McGregor fight. It's big news. It's a huge fight because of the names involved. But I think when they actually get into the ring, sure, the press conference is going to be entertaining as, as, as entertaining as any press conferences could ever be. But I don't think the fight's going to be that entertaining. I think this is... I don't, I don't think McGregor has a chance in the world. Like, I saw Max Kellerman. We crush Max Kellerman a lot for saying stupid shit. But this guy, definitely, I, I do like his boxing commentary, his fight game commentary. He's part of the pay-per-views. He's in the ring after the fights interviewing guys. I think he asks the tough questions. I think he does a nice job there. Uh, I do respect his boxing opinion. And he says he doesn't think that... I saw a clip of him earlier. Max Kellerman said he doesn't think May. Uh, excuse me. He doesn't think McGregor is going to even get a shot in. And I kind of agree with him. I kind of agree. I don't. McGregor. This is a different. This is just different. And and I don't know that I want to use that and say McGregor's not a tough guy. He's not a. You know, he's not an animal. He is an animal. He's, you know, an extremely tough dude. One of the toughest dudes in the world. But this is. To me, this is going to be, Mayweather turns, takes these things, they're supposed to be fights, and he turns them into a boxing match. And I don't think McGregor can win that against one of the best boxers. When it's turned into a boxing match, Mayweather is one of the best boxers that we have ever seen. And I just don't think McGregor has a chance to win a boxing match. A fight, if it was in the octagon, he would he would kill Mayweather. Okay? That would be a cold-blooded murder in that ring. In that octagon. But when it's in the ring, when it's a boxing match, McGregor has no shot. So that's on August 26th. It is set. But I'm moving on. I'm moving on. And I'm just going to stick with the NBA again. I want the main theme of this show today to be NBA because the NBA season is over. And Pete, when I was back there the other day doing the the broadcast with the microphone in hand, walking around like it was a WWE promo, and I did it in the back of Beantown Athletics. What did I say? I said Golden State was going to win game five. I said it was. I said they would cover the eight and a half. They just barely covered the eight and a half because it was a nine-point win, right? Cleveland had a shot late. They got you scared. It made you do a little math, but Golden State covered minus eight and a half. It wasn't maybe the blowout. I told you it was going to be because Cleveland did battle back and get back into it and make it interesting in the second half. But um, it still was Golden State winning in Game 5 and covering the 8.5 and, and winning the championship. Kevin Durant got the MVP like I told you. And the, the, the ceremonies happened exactly how I told you they were going to go down. They would bring the stage out. They would give out the NBA championship first. And then they say, and now it's time for the MVP of the NBA Finals. And they gave the MVP trophy to Kevin Durant as if that was the biggest prize of the night. And, uh, you know, when I compared it to the Stanley Cup on Monday, I told you, that's another reason. That celebration that they have for the NBA championship is just another reason why the Stanley Cup is the greatest trophy in sports, why the Stanley Cup celebration is the best championship celebration in sports because they give out the Conn Smythe MVP of the Stanley Cup playoffs and they give it to Sidney Crosby and he doesn't even want that thing. He takes it, gives it to someone else and he's like, give me the cup. You know, what you see in the NBA championship celebration with them giving out the MVP after the NBA championship, after the Larry O'Brien trophy, 
The equivalent of that in the NHL would be if they gave out the Stanley Cup and then Sidney Crosby got the Conn Smythe and carried around the Conn Smythe all night on the ice, right? While his team held the Stanley Cup. You don't see that. So, um, you know, that, that's just another reason why the Stanley Cup is the greatest trophy in sports. But I won't stick with hockey. I won't stick with the Stanley Cup. Look, Kevin Durant wins the MVP. And now you got this question. Because now you got everybody and their mother that's questioning Durant, much like they did when he made the move from Oklahoma City to Golden State, right? Kevin Durant, he was questioned, he was criticized, and now that he's won a championship, he's being questioned and criticized again because everybody is reminded of the move, of the jump from Oklahoma City to Golden State. Um, I will say this, there is no denying what Kevin Durant did. There's no denying it. Kevin Durant jumped to the team that beat him. He jumped to the team that he couldn't beat. He joined the team that he couldn't beat. You know, if you can't beat him, join him. That's what he did. And, I mean, there's just no denying that. Now, me personally, when I see Kevin Durant, what did he average? He averaged, did he average 35 points? 35 points a game in the finals. He averaged 28 points a game in the playoffs. Golden State only lost one game, and it was what, game four of the finals. Um, Kevin Durant averaged 28 points a game in the playoffs and 35 points per game in the finals. He averaged 35 points a game in the finals. So I do look at that and think, if Golden State didn't have Kevin Durant, I probably would have picked Cleveland to win it. I would have. I know Golden State had won it without Durant. Two years ago, they beat Cleveland two years ago. But I think that when you watch Golden State play, and again, great team, super team, love Steph Curry, love Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, I think he's a dickhead, but he's a very good player. Uh, They have some other pieces there as well. You saw, what, McCaw stepping up big, I think it was in game five, hitting some shots late when you had to rest some guys early in the fourth quarter to get them out for the end for the stretch run, the final couple minutes. Um... Look, Golden State, great team. But LeBron James is the best player in the world. And if Kevin Durant was not on Golden State, I just think that Cleveland would have had more more of a shot to win it to the point where I probably would predict the Cavaliers to win back-to-back championships. But because of Kevin Durant's presence, and you see what he did, there's a lot of pressure for him in that finals. There's a lot of pressure because he knows when he makes that jump, He's then expected, when he makes the jump to the team that beat him, he's expected to win. The expectation is to win, not to get to the finals and lose. The expectation is when you join and create a super team, it, the expectation is to win. And not just win, but, you know, you should be leading the way. And that's exactly what Durant did. Because if Durant was a no-show, you know what? What are we saying? You know, Durant's legacy is definitely taking a hit, but I think Durant's in such a spot where his legacy is going to take a hit either way. Because, again, you can't deny what he did. Now, again, me personally, when he averages 35 points a game in the finals, there's some type of respect that is deserved there, that, that, that he earns from me, which is, okay, not only were you part of a team that won and you joined a great team and won, but you were the best player on that team, and you were really the ultimate difference maker. 
averaging 35 points a game in the finals, averaging 28 points a game in the entire playoffs for a playoffs that you that saw your team only lose one game. Like, Durant was the ultimate difference maker. Y- you, you can't take that away from him, and you can't take that away from Golden State. But again, the critics, and they are loud, and they are all over the place. They are not going to let Durant ever forget what he did, which is jump into the team that he couldn't beat. And um, I just think it's something that's going to be hanging over his head the rest of his career. Look, there's a dynasty in the making here with Golden State, and I do think you at least need to win back-to-back at some point to be called a dynasty. They have a chance to do that next year. Golden State has a chance to become back-to-back NBA champions. There's no question. There's a dynasty in the making in Golden State. But I don't care, and I... And I kind of, I'm teasing a column that I wrote in today's Boston Metro, and I'll get to my main point in that column in just a minute. But I wrote this in the column. I don't care how many, if Kevin Durant decides to stay in Golden State, I don't care how many championships they win, people people are going to put an asterisk next to each and every one of them and say, yeah, but. There's going to be a yeah, but. There will be. There will be a yeah, but. And, you know, Durant's legacy, because of that, is going gonna, is gonna to take a hit. It is. Now, that said, all of that said, we have to, at some point now, move into the offseason, which, which I've done. And here in Boston, we've done this for a couple weeks, which is look at the draft, which is a week from today, June 22nd, next Thursday. Celtics, they have the number one overall pick. They're expected to take Markel Fultz. I don't see why that would change unless there's some crazy trade. Um, You know, we're talking free agents. Yesterday, there were reports that the Celtics are going to make their primary targets to be Blake Griffin and Gordon Haywood. You know, that's if those two guys do actually opt out. They got to opt out. Um, I think I would, as much as I kind of knocked Blake Griffin in the past, but I think I'd rather have, you know what? I think I'd rather have Griffin than Haywood. I still don't know that either of those two players will put this team over Cleveland if LeBron stays in Cleveland. But here in Boston, those are the names we're talking about. Gordon Haywood, Blake Griffin, and then Markel Fultz, potentially the number one overall pick. Um, But the landscape of the NBA is interesting because you talk about the super team of Golden State. You ask the question, who can beat them? How can you put together a team that can beat them? In fact, LeBron James is thinking the same thing. Because LeBron James has to be looking at this going, how the fuck can we beat them? Like, what do we have to be able to beat the the Golden State Warriors if we get to the finals next year? If these two teams, as currently constituted, go to the NBA Finals again next year, and look in the way they look right now, which is a good chance that could happen, if, if the pieces remain in the same place, who would you pick to win? Pete, who would you pick to win the finals next year if these two teams played again? Oh, if they run it back? They run it back. Like they I'm run a, it again. I'm going to pick anybody but Golden State. No. you got to pick Golden yeah. State, right? Why would you pick against Golden State? So so I think LeBron has to be looking at it going, what, what can we do? Now, there's talk that they'd trade Kevin Love for Paul George. How does that make sense? Kevin Love, throughout the playoffs, I thought, shut the lights out. Like, I think that Kevin Love has been a huge difference maker for Cleveland. When he was down and out, you know, I mean, the, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, what, 
They had they had some issues, right? Two years ago. Kelly Olinick took him out. And then they lost Irvin. And Golden State won. You know, last year, Love, Irvin, LeBron. All right, that was the difference. Golden State didn't have Kevin Durant last year. Cleveland won the finals. Now, Kevin Durant's at Golden State. How do you beat Golden State? Can this Cleveland team, can they beat this Warriors team? What, is trading Love for Paul George the answer? I don't think so. If anything, I think it's keep Love and try to add to Love, Irving, LeBron. But how do you do that? How could you possibly do that? Do they have money to bring in? You know, it's one of these big-name free agents. And more importantly, would let, all right, let's say Gordon Haywood goes, I'm, I want to go to Cleveland. First of all, I don't, I don't know that he would do that. But let's say he did. Is Gordon Haywood going to get them past Golden State? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that that would be the case. Like, I don't think that's, that would happen. And I, I, even if Blake Griffin joined Cleveland, I wouldn't feel that way. I think that's how good the, the duo of Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. I think that's how good Kevin Durant is right now. Kevin Durant's 28 years old. So um, as we look at the landscape of the NBA, who can beat Golden State? How do you beat them? Even LeBron's asking himself that question. But, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something at you that has been shot down. You know, it's been, it's been shot down in these pots a lot. And you know what? I've been one to shoot it down. And I will say this. I guess to preface this conversation or, or or the point I'm gonna make here, I'm gonna preface this by saying I don't think this is actually gonna happen. But the question I've been asking the last couple days, where Kevin Durant wins a championship, it was about championships. I got a tough time completely knocking a guy who cares more about championships than anything else. Obviously, Kevin Durant wanted that championship. He's got it. Right? He's got that on his resume. But his legacy's taking a hit. And while the rest of the league is asking themselves, how do we beat Golden State? I wonder what Kevin Durant is asking himself right now. Is Kevin Durant concerned about his legacy? That's a question that I've been asking. Is he? I I don't have an answer to that question. Is he concerned about his legacy? I mean, I would like to think that the things that he listens to from people talking heads on ESPN, on other stations, you know the, you know who these people are. You know all the NBA analysts. You know what they're saying. Again, they, they are going to hold this over Durant's head because of the movie made from Oklahoma City to, to Golden State. They're going to continue to hold it over his head. They're going to put an asterisk next to every championship that Durant wins with Golden State, even if he wins it against averaging 35 points a game in the finals and beats LeBron multiple times. It, they're going to hold this over Durant's head. Look, they don't put me on those shows to defend them, so I, I, I can only defend the guy so much here. I told you you, you, you earn a certain respect from me when you average 35 points a game in the finals, right? When you care more about championships than anything else, you know what? I, I can't knock that. That's not something I can crush. But again, even saying that, there's no, Pete, there's no denying what Durant did, right? And, and, and like, since you can't deny that, that's a fact that's always going to be there. That's always going to be the elephant in the room. The asterisk next to Kevin Durant's name and his championships that he wins with Golden State. His legacy 
has taken a huge hit, and it will continue to take a hit, regardless of how many championships he wins with the Warriors. Uh, the question I ask, as, as the rest of the league asks, how do we beat Durant and Golden State? I wonder if Kevin Durant asks himself, how can I restore my legacy? How can I do that? How can I do that? And here's what I'll say. I wrote it in my column for the Boston Metro. I preface it by saying, I don't think this is going to happen. But if Kevin Durant is asking himself the question, how do I restore my legacy? Here's how I would answer that. If Kevin Durant was in this room right now and say, and said, and said, Danny, how, you know what? Yeah, I got my championship. I want to win more. How do I, how do I restore my legacy? How do I get that? How do I, how do I remove that asterisk while still winning championships? Here's what I'd say to Kevin Durant. If Kevin Durant cares about his legacy, then he should opt out of his deal with Golden State. That's right, Pete. You're already giving me a look. You're already giving me crazy eyes. And you know what? You're not the only person that's going to do this. I'm sure there are people who read my column in the Metro today and laughed and kept, you know, went on with their day. But I'm telling you right now, at some point, somebody out there, especially in this town, is going to talk about it. And when you do, I just want you to know that it came from me first (laughs) this time around. If Kevin Durant cares about his legacy, then he should opt out and come to Boston. He'd put the Celtics over the top. Not only would he have a chance to win championships here, but he would become a legend and his legacy would be restored. How about that? If Kevin Durant cares about his legacy, he would opt out of his deal with Golden State and he would come play for the Celtics. He would become a legend. He would win championships. His legacy, I am telling you right now, would be restored. Pete, would it not if he made that move? Would it not? So you don't think going back-to-back has any effect at all? I think people are going to continue to say, yeah, but you took three in a row. Doesn't doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter, Pete. I mean, what happens if, you know, if there's an injury or something? And and it doesn't. Well, I I think he risked a lot by staying there. And then, you know, if they lose, what happens if they lose? Then. So so here's my advice. Kevin Durant, if you care about your legacy. You opt out of your deal with Golden State, and you come play for the Celtics. And I know people think that's crazy. And you know what? I even told you, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm just telling you, that's, if we're asking how he could restore his legacy, that's how. That's how, that's what he would do. Look, he signed a two-year deal in Golden State. He can, uh, he's got a player option on the second. Him and Steph Curry, I know they're saying right now that they're going to do things to stick around. Steph Curry's a free agent, but he's going to stick around there, you would think. And, um, but Durant, last year, what happened last, last summer? Go back. I want people to go back. Let's think this out here. You know, as crazy as we think it might be, let's think it out. You go back to last summer. The Celtics were a finalist to land Kevin Durant. Were they not? They were. They were finalists. In fact, the, the Celtics brought Tom Brady to their little meeting with Kevin Durant, their sales pitch in the Hamptons. Remember that? And um, Kevin Durant even said afterwards that Tom Brady's presence at that meeting, at that sales pitch, it almost made him choose the Celtics over Golden State. Now, again, 
almost isn't good enough. I understand. And he ended up going to the Warriors. But he made the Celtics a finalist. He didn't have to do that. Why would would he make the Celtics a finalist? You know why? Because he saw something there. There was an excitement level. When he played at the Garden in his last year in Oklahoma City, he felt that. He saw Isaiah Thomas, an up-and-coming star in this league. You know, I think he saw that they they just signed Al Horford, right? Or they were I, when that meeting took place. I don't know if it took place the day that they signed Horford, or maybe they signed Horford and then had the meeting the next day with Durant. But there were reports that Durant wanted to play with Al Horford. He was on a very that Horford was on a very short list of players that Durant wanted to play with. If he went out, if he didn't go back to Oklahoma City, so he made the Celtics a finalist. At that point in time, what were the Celtics? They, were, they hadn't even played a game with Al Horford yet. They were a 48-win team. They were the five seed in the East. They just lost to the Atlanta Hawks in the first round of the playoffs, right? And Isaiah Thomas wasn't even top 10 in the league in scoring. He was averaging 21, 22 points a game. Yeah, the Celtics were an exciting team. They were up and coming. Um, you know... It, it, just, you know, it just didn't seem like they were ready to be the number one seed in the East. So this time around, this summer, here's, how, here's what's changed. The Celtics now are a 53-win team. They're the, they were the number one seed in the East. They won two playoff series only to lose to Cleveland in the Eastern Conference Finals. Isaiah Thomas was third in the league, third in the NBA in scoring behind Westbrook and James Harden. Averaging, what, 29 points a game? 20 to 29 points a game? Isaiah Thomas basically showed that he's a max player. Al Horford in the playoffs showed that he's more than just a valuable piece. Okay? And you now have a Celtics team that's even more exciting than it was than they were when they met with Durant the first time. So, if you're looking at the Celtics right now, and you tell me that you could add someone like Kevin Durant, here's what I'll tell you. You could beat Cleveland in the Eastern Conference Finals. You could. Kevin Durant would put you over the top. Not only that, but don't forget, you're bringing in Markel Fultz. Okay? Kevin Durant's only 28. By the time Fultz is ready to go in a couple of years, Durant's still going to be in his, would still be in his prime. Don't forget about the fact that the Celtics own the Brooklyn 2018 pick. And you could package that with a couple players to maybe bring something pretty special in to play with Durant and Isaiah and even Fultz and Horford. You want to talk about super teams? If Kevin Durant decided he wanted to save his legacy or restore his legacy somehow, he should opt out and come to the Celtics. And it wouldn't be necessarily a super team But it would be him going to a team, and he really helps put that team over the top. Did he put Golden State over the top? Well, when the Warriors were one of the favorites to win it all anyways, and they beat your team, you know, the previous year, I don't know how you could, you know, I get he averaged 35 points in the finals. But to say he went to Golden State and put them over the top, I don't think is true because Golden State just won a championship two years ago with this core group, and they were in the finals the year before that. So, I don't think you could say that. With the Celtics, you could say that. Because right now, the Celtics are in a spot where it's like, how are we beating Cleveland? How are the Celtics going to beat Cleveland in the East Finals? How do you get out of the East? As long as LeBron stays in the East, stay, right? 
as long as LeBron stays in the East, the Celtics are not getting by him. So what can you do? Adding Kevin Durant would get you by him, would give you a better chance to get you by LeBron James. And Durant would help put the Celtics over the hump, would get them over the top. That, to me, is a legacy saver, a legacy changer that restores Kevin Durant's legacy. I just think it does. And um, here's the other part of this that I think is interesting because you're hearing rumors now, and I told you this the, the, the other day, the last couple of weeks, that when this finals is over, we're going to hear the rumors. LeBron James can opt out of his contract with Cleveland after next season. And the rumors swirling now is with him having a home 30 minutes from the Staples Center in L.A., he's going to the West Coast. He's going to L.A. People say Lakers. I don't think he's going to Lakers. I don't think he's going to Lakers. I, but I do think LeBron's leaving. LeBron James is leaving Cleveland, whether people like it or not. He's got next year, and then he's out. Then he's out. He is opting out after next season. He is going to L.A., and I don't think he's going to Lakers. I think he's going to Clippers. Because the Lakers, it's like, I just think the risk is, is too much. You talk about legacies? I do think LeBron cares about his legacy. He does. Um, I know it wasn't a good look going to Miami, but guess what? They won a couple championships. He comes home, sort of restores his legacy, winning a championship with Cleveland. Wins championship with Cleveland? What if he goes to the Clippers and wins a championship for the Clippers? Right? What if he, what if he does that? You want to talk about legacy? Winning champion? Being the guy to help win championships in Cleveland and the Clippers? Give me another guy that could do that. There isn't one. There isn't one. So I think that would be something pretty damn special to see in the league, and LeBron knows that. And also, you're going to L.A., and, and I think the Clippers are going to be in a nice little spot. Not, you know, not this offseason, but next offseason when it comes to guys who are available. Because there are some other players available. And my prediction is that the L.A. Clippers are actually the next super team in the NBA. You know why? They're going to get LeBron next offseason. He's going to sign with the Clippers. They're going to have DeAndre Jordan. Um, I don't know if they'd have Blake Griffin still or not. I don't think they're going to have Chris Paul. I think he's going to go to maybe San Antonio this year. Or maybe he stays. I don't know. But you're talking about also DeMarcus Cousins is going to be a free agent? You want to talk about a super team? You want to talk about maybe trying to beat Golden State by, I don't know, getting big? DeMarcus Cousins, DeAndre Jordan, LeBron James. That's not a super team? And maybe you get some other pieces to to come along? Gee, I don't know. You know who else could be a free agent next year? Isaiah Thomas. I know. Look, the, the Celtics fan of me, the Isaiah Thomas fan of me would hate to see that. But if the Celtics are drafting Markel Fultz, you know, I think with Isaiah Thomas, all options are on the table. He might not want to stay here anymore. And he does have a, he'll have a decision to make too. Maybe the Celtics would want to sign into a max deal. But maybe he'd rather just go somewhere and, and be a point guard and, and be the top dog while getting max money. And maybe the Clippers would be that spot to go play with LeBron and they bring in DeMarcus Cousins and they have DeAndre Jordan. Who knows how that could work out? Right? I think that the Clippers are going to be set up next offseason to do something special to create the next super team. And I think LeBron James sees that. I think LeBron's going to L.A. 
I think he's going to play for the Clippers, and I think they're going to have a super team and try to battle it out with Golden State in the West Finals. And if you're Kevin Durant, you have to be paying attention to these rumors right now. Because if you're Durant, not only does going to the Celtics help get you past a Cleveland team that has LeBron James, but when LeBron leaves next offseason to go to L.A., you own the East the rest of your career if you're Kevin Durant in a Celtics uniform. You own the East. You let Golden State and the the Clippers battle it out in the West Finals year after year after year. That's what you do. You let the West beat each other up. You come from the East. You go to the Finals. You win multiple championships with the Celtics. Right? You win multiple titles with the Boston Celtics. And you become a legend. And that move becomes a legacy saver. And my question today is, does Kevin Durant care about his legacy? It's the elephant in the room. Or at least I think it always will be. If he cares about that, he will come to Boston. He will opt out. He will say, you know what? I got my championship. It was great. But, um, you know, there's a reason why I made the Celtics a finalist last year. This wouldn't be a move out of nowhere. Because he made the Celtics a finalist last year, he could say, you know what? I got my ring. I got my ring. I got it. Um, I know there's nothing guaranteed for me in Boston. Like, maybe it's guaranteed for me here in Golden State. But that's a pretty nice thing they got going there. And maybe if he comes to the Celtics, he could convince Isaiah Thomas to stick around if they do draft Markel Fultz. And they create a pretty damn good team there. If Durant came to the Celtics, would they not be the favorite to get out of the East next year? They'd be one of, I'm telling you right now, they'd have a chance to beat Cleveland. So, I think that's a move that if Durant cared about his legacy and he wanted to restore his legacy somehow, he would opt out of his deal with Golden State right now and he would come to the Celtics. I get it. I preface it by saying it's probably not going to happen. Probably not going to happen. But if you ask the question, how can he do such a thing? How can he restore his legacy? That is the move to make. That's the one move he could make where people, the analysts, all the talking heads, that's what they could do, Pete. They would be up there going, you know what? This is a move where obviously Durant cares about his legacy. He knows he could win in in Boston. It's a much tougher task than winning in Golden State. But he absolutely has a chance to do it. You know what? Especially if LeBron James is running off to L.A. next offseason. Because who would compete with the Celtics then in the East? Who would do it? The Wizards? Who would do it? The Hawks? Who would do it? What, you think the 76ers are just up and coming all of a sudden? They're going to hit their stride? Um, who would do it? The Pacers? They're going to lose Paul George. He's going to the Lakers. <laughs> Maybe Paul George will go to the Clippers. Maybe he's part of the super team in L.A. for the Clippers. Paul George, think about it. LeBron's so gone, it's not even funny. In fact, Pete, we got a clip of LeBron James. In the postgame, after he loses the NBA championship in Game 5 in Golden State the other night, LeBron James' postgame was asked. He was asked about his future, knowing how Golden State is, knowing that Golden State is primed for a, for a run for, for several years now of Kevin Durant, obviously, and Steph Curry stick around, right? Which, which basically the question says that they are. So, you know, LeBron James was asked, what about your future? Knowing that, knowing how Golden State looks, here's what LeBron James said to that. 
Um, well, I mean, that's a, it's a two-sided question because for me personally, um, I, I don't know. I don't. I need to sit down and you know figure this thing out. You know, and um, so I don't. I don't know. You know, as far as me personally, right now. Um, but as far as that team, I'm, they're going to be here for a while. They're going to be around for a while. Pretty much all their guys are in their 20s. Um, you know, pretty much all their big-name guys are in their 20s, and um, they don't show any signs of slowing down. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of teams that's uh, trying to figure out ways to put personnel together to try and match that if they're able to actually face them in a playoff series, both Eastern Conference and Western Conference, um, because they're built for, uh, you know, from my eyes, they're built to last – you know, in a few years, you know, so um, we see. Gone. He's out. He doesn't know. On, there's an easy, Pete, there's an easy answer here if you're staying in Cleveland, <laughs> your hometown. It's, it's, you know what? We're going to continue to build a team here in Cleveland to try to compete in the East and then try to get back to the finals. And we think next year we'll be ready to go. And the year after that, because Kyrie Irving is still young and we'll add some pieces after that. There's an easy answer here. If you're staying in Cleveland, the answer is simple. Simple. But the fact that he answers it with a, you know what, I'm going to have to sit down and look at my future. I don't know. He's gone. Shit, I got to go back to the you drawing board. <laughs> LeBron James is gone from Cleveland after next year. He said nothing about Cleveland or his team. Like it's his it's current, an easy answer. It was nuts. It's an easy answer. He's gone. He is so Far gone from the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's going to play next season. He's going to try to do it. They'll try to win. He'll try to win another one in Cleveland. If he doesn't, he'll go to L.A. And he'll say, you know what? At, when his career's over, he'll say, I won one in Cleveland. I won one with the Clippers. Who else could do that? You talk about legacies. You give me another guy in the league that won championships in Cleveland and for the Clippers. Okay? Give me another guy. He'll say that. And uh, you know what? If he goes to the Clippers, there'll be a plan, whether it's Paul George whether it's, like I said, maybe Isaiah Thomas, whether it's DeMarcus Cousins, LeBron will have a plan. They'll build the team there. They'll compete. But I'm telling you right now, all of these rumors with LeBron, and here in that press conference, he's gone. Kevin Durant needs to pay attention to that. Because if Kevin Durant, again, cares about his legacy, it's going to be something that comes up forever. There's a, there is a simple solution for Kevin Durant. It's so easy, Pete. It's like the easy... It's the easiest thing. I get it. It's probably the least likely thing to happen. But it's the easiest thing for him to save his legacy. Come to the Celtics. It's not difficult. You say, you know what? I got my title. I got my championship. But there's a reason why I had the Celtics as a finalist last year. It's because I love what they're doing. And you know what? When I met with them last year, they were a five-seed Isaiah Thomas wasn't a max player. They brought in Horford, and he... Who knows how he was going to be there? Who knows how they were going to work under Brad Stevens? Now, you got Jalen Brown. You're going to draft Markel Fultz. You're the one seed in the East. You won 53 games. Isaiah Thomas is a max player, averaging close to 30 points a game, top three in the league in scoring. Don't tell me that there wouldn't be a different mindset with Durant if this Celtics team right now was the Celtics team that went and met with him last summer. It's a different team. It's a, more, it's a better team. It's a more championship-ready team than it was last summer. Durant has to see that. 
And if, again, if he, I, I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but this is so simple, it's not even funny. And the more I talk about it, the more simple it gets. If Kevin Durant cares about his legacy and still wants to win championships, he should opt out and come to the Celtics where he can win titles, he can become a legend, and he can restore the legacy that he should care about. Kevin Durant should come to the Celtics. It's easy, folks. Will he? Probably not. <laughs> but he should. He should. Pete, your your response to that? Do you have a do you have a response to that? I can only I don't even know if it's a theory. I, I think it's just advice. That's advice. I have advice for if Kevin you got Durant. To talk to him, that's what you'd say. If, if I'd say, Kev, this is so easy. If I'm his agent, I'm going, hey, I know you want to go, you want to go, you want to stay in Golden State. Weather's nice, you know, just beautiful women everywhere. Championship after championship after championship. I get it. That'll get tiring. But <laughs> but you could still win championships in Boston. And if you win championships in Boston, guess what happens? You become a legend. And all these dickheads on TV that are questioning your legacy, they will not do that if you win with the Celtics. And LeBron's going to LA. The East can be yours. For the next eight years, you could you talk about LeBron? What's what was his seven straight NBA Finals for LeBron? Is it seven? Seven. It was his eighth NBA Finals, his seventh straight. You say to Kevin Durant, you could go to eight. You could, you could go to eight straight NBA Finals, and you could do it with the Celtics. Make the move. They got money. This is you got money. You got championships. You got saving your legacy. You're a legend in Golden State. I don't care how many titles he wins, Pete. I just, I, I think there's, there's always, he'll always have the critics. And the critics are going to just be loud and clear. They don't respect him as much as he probably should be respected. And I just wonder if he cares about it. And if he does, it's easy, there's an easy solution. Come to Boston. Come to Boston. And that's that. So uh, a week from today, the NBA draft. It's looking like Fultz, like I said. Where's Lonzo Ball going to go? That might be that might be the biggest story of the night. If, if the Celtics are dead set on Fultz, okay, and they don't trade it, it's Fultz, then it's like, all right, who do the Lakers take? Well, there was something that happened yesterday. That I don't know. I just, I fit, Pete, I don't know about you, but I felt very strange feeling this way about <laughs> somebody in the Ball family. For the first time ever, Somebody from the Ball family seemed somewhat likable. And it was Lonzo Ball. Because yesterday, they released this commercial, at least it was all over Twitter, a Foot Locker commercial. Who else was in it? De'Aaron Fox. Um, Jason Tatum. Kid, Jason Tatum. Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac. And, and Lonzo Ball. And they're talking about Father's Day, which is this Sunday. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Um... They're, they're, you know, it's like the one-on-one with, they're not looking into the camera. They're like looking off to the side and they have all these, you know, these other players I mentioned and with, but Lonzo, they keep cutting to Lonzo Ball, who is, <laughs> it's all feel good stories. It's about all feel good stories about their, their, about their dads, yeah. them and their dads. And Lonzo Ball is telling it like it is with his father. Here's the Foot Locker commercial. With Father's Day and the draft so close together, Foot Locker asked us to reflect on everything dads do for us on our journeys to the NBA. 
dads are special. So many memories. All those games of one-on-one -on -one in the driveway where he let me win. Just, just never missing a game. Of course, there's that big day when your dad berates your high school coach in front of an entire crowd for not getting you enough touches. Waking up early to drive to all those faraway tournaments. Or that special moment when your dad sits you down and tells you where you're going to college. Copyright your name to make it a part of a family lifestyle brand. Went on first take and shouted back and forth with Stephen A. Smith about how you're already better than the reigning league MVP. All those interviews from the stands during college games. The public spats with the all-time great soundbite after soundbite to the national media. And then tells 29 out of 30 teams to not bother drafting you. And fishing. We went fishing a lot. <laughs> That's the best part. The best part is that end. And fishing. We went fishing a lot. The other kid. Um, so, Alonzo, it was funny. I thought it was good. I, I thought it was perfect. But it just goes... To, it does tell you that... He's human. Like, it's good to well, see that he's a human. No, man. I think it, I think what it does is maybe give us a glimpse behind the curtain. Yeah. And I think behind the curtain, you know, as much as I say Laval Ball's a dickhead and it is rubbing off on his sons, especially Lonzo, who I've looked at and said, you know what, I just can't root for this kid because of his dad. It kind of lets us, gives us a little little look behind the curtain and, and perhaps behind the curtain we now see that a lot of it's a little a, a ploy because obviously there's a self-awareness here that is them acknowledging, okay, there's been some ridiculous stuff with my dad. Um, and they're doing it in a joking manner. Like this is all said in jest. So, you know, I, I think it's good for Lonzo Ball. I think it's a good look for him given all the, the times that his father has looked like a complete and utter dickhead. But um, I still don't like his dad. And to be honest, I still don't like Lonzo Ball because of all the things his dad has done. But there was a moment yesterday when I first saw this that for the first time ever, somebody in the Ball family seemed somewhat likable. And it was Lonzo. And I guess, for nothing else, it's a good thing for him and perhaps his draft stock. And, and if the Lakers see this, you know, they say, all right, there, there's, a, there's a human element to this that came to the surface yesterday. And I think if you're a team that was ready to draft Lonzo Ball, perhaps um, you, you enjoy seeing that human element to all this and, and get that peek behind the curtain. So that's, that's what we had yesterday. And, um, and fishing. <laughs> and fishing, you know. A lot, we did a lot of fishing. That was the funniest part of the whole thing. So uh, next week, we'll take a deeper look into the NBA draft and, of course, you know, again, the Celtics are the number one overall pick. We're expecting Markel Fultz to be taken with that, unless there's some crazy trade, which at this point I don't expect that to be the case because I have not heard any rumors. It's been all quiet on the trade front. Also next week, real quick before we wrap it up, Pete, the NHL expansion draft, National Hockey League expansion draft for the Las Vegas Golden Knights, also the NHL awards, and Adidas will have their new jersey revealed. Did you know that Adidas has taken over for Reebok uh, with the NHL jerseys? And there are, uh, I think, it's not every team, but there's over 10 teams. I want to say like 14 or 15 teams. I don't know the exact number. Where they are giving jerseys a new look, they say. Now, the Bruins are part of this. And they've teased the new look jersey. But... The little pictures that they've shown us on Twitter, there was a new one today, the back of it, the top of the back. 
I don't know what's different about it. Like, at least it's nothing different to the point where I'm going, oh, yeah, this is great. And not that it's bad, but I just don't think it's a really any type of major change. They made it sound like it was like this new big change, right? Uh, it doesn't seem to be that way. But they're also not showing us the whole jersey. I was hoping that they got rid of, and they're showing us the home, the black home jerseys. I was hoping, Pete, that the Bruins and, and Adidas would get rid of the gold thing on the shoulder and just go with the old school gold bear on the shoulder instead of the gold stripe. Um, but instead, they're going to stick with the gold stripe, it seems, based on the picture we saw today. Are you looking at it? I can't find it. All right. Um, I like the well, all black, too, though. But they're not going all black. They're going to keep the, the shoulder stripe, the yellow shoulder stripe. Um, and the B is also looks the same, based on the front shot that I saw, at least how, how it would look to me. The only thing that's different is it seems like a more mesh Material. That's what I was going to say. You think it's the material, maybe. It's like, a, well, why wouldn't it be with every team? They, they're not doing it for every team? If they, I, I would yeah, think... Remember when Reebok changed over the jerseys? Reebok, they made like a big change to the actual jersey itself. They made a change to the jersey where players would complain because yeah. the wrist, it was like... It was tighter. And, and I, or, or there was a material change and the sweat would, I guess, didn't... It just wouldn't like be absorbed with the jersey and it would come down into the hands... So they did something, I think, with the wrists and made them tighter. You see guys, like, rolling them up. You know what I mean? Uh, something happened. But the only difference I see, and I don't understand why they wouldn't do this with every team, is it's more of, like, a mesh material. Almost like, remember the NBA jerseys? You know, they used to have, like, a mesh style. Or maybe they do now or something. It just seems like a mesh Adidas material. And, and... I don't know. I'd like to feel it to see what it's like, but I don't. I don't know what could be what could be different with the with the Bruins jersey. It looks the same to me. It's like when Costanza recommended polyester the Yankees. <laughs> Everyone's sweating out there. <laughs> we'll see next week. They're going to reveal these jerseys. Uh, speaking of uniforms, last thing: MLB players, Major League Baseball players, can wear nicknames on their uniforms, and they can wear bright colored shoes as part of Players Weekend. To that, I say, who gives a shit? <laughs> Like, really? Like, that's what Major League Baseball is concerned about right now? Nicknames and the uniforms? I, I saw people tweet out, like, oh, Major League Baseball. They get it now. It's like, get what? Just give me a guy's look. Didn't we knock Vince McMahon in the XFL when he put he hate me on his jersey? No, now it's cool? Why? Give me a guy's, I mean, come on. Give me the guy's real name on the back of his jersey and let's play baseball. Some guys are definitely coming up with their own nicknames, too. Oh, yeah. The, the hey, guys call you- me Stumpy. <laughs> Guys, you don't have nicknames? Yeah. Something cool on the back of the uh, jersey. So uh, that's what we got this weekend. I'll be back on Monday breaking down the U.S. Open. Who knows? Maybe Kevin Durant listens to this show or reads my column in the Metro and takes my advice. You want to save your legacy? Opt out and come to the Celtics. Any type of offseason news in the NBA or even the NHL, I'll react to it again on Monday. And the Red Sox, huge series with the Houston Astros in Houston this weekend. I'll talk about that next week as well. And anything else that breaks in the world of sports or any Dunkin' Donuts rants that I may have. You know, I you know I have a couple more up my sleeve just waiting to go, but the time's got to be right. Pete, nice job today. Have a great weekend, everybody. Get this show whenever you want at dannypicard.com. Also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are available. Also part of the Podcast One Network. Come out. See ya.